Welcome, beautiful you, to Girl on Her Moon, the podcast. My name is Jordan and I invite you to join us as we connect, share our experience and become one for a moment. From topics like self-worth, creativity, expression, intuition and soul, to astrology, numerology, tarot, energetics and more. And then the topics that are undefinable and ungraspable. Exploring what it means to be alive, to be rooted in both our divinity and humanness, and returning to the space where they are one. Thank you for being on this journey with us. Hello, beautiful. Welcome to Gallenheim in the podcast. As always, I am deeply, deeply grateful and overflowing with love um, as you walk upon this journey with us. Thank you so much for being here, for tuning into this episode. Before we dive into this Saturn in Pisces and Saturn return episode, I am very excited to announce two things. First, after a few requests from you, from our community, we have now created a Saturn return astrology reading. So if you have Saturn in Pisces in your natal chart and you are approaching 28 to 30 or 56 to 58 years of age, As of March this year, you are journeying through your Saturn return, which is a powerful coming of age period. Your Saturn return holds incredible potential for shifts in your life, for growth, for realizations, all aimed at coming into this deeper expression and truth and connection and alignment with yourself and with your path. So throughout this reading, we will explore your unique invitations throughout your Saturn return, including your lifelong themes of learning and mastery with Saturn, areas of potential challenge and how to open to and work with them, and of course, your unique opportunities for growth and how to best harness and work throughout this time with them. So I will pop the link to this reading in the show notes, which leads me to announcement number two. As of March 20, we are holding our annual Equinox sale. So we're going to have some really exciting discounts on our website and we're actually offering a $50 gift voucher and a $120 gift voucher for every human that's interested. These come with a minimum spend of $200 and you will find the codes on our websites and in the show notes below. And I invite you to explore our membership where we hold monthly astrology guidance, astrology classes, energy work, guest healer workshops and more. With this discount, you can get $50 off our annual membership. So 12 months of classes of inner connection, of energy work and techniques, of exploring soul and humanness and receiving workshops from different guest healers each month with different spiritual modalities. And it's currently $222 for the entire year. You can get $50 off for this Equinox sale. Or if you are after something personalized, we have a beautiful selection of both tarot and astrology readings. Whether you're wanting to explore your purpose and your soul's evolution or maybe your year ahead, your career, love, spirit guides, your spiritual gifts. There's some really beautiful selections available. I invite you to explore both our tarot and astrology offerings. 
So this sale will commence on the 20th and will continue until the 27th. It's a real gift to be able to offer greater accessibility on our offerings through these little chapters throughout the year. We also have payment plans available with PayPal for all tarot and astrology readings too. So I would love to welcome you into the membership where we are just overflowing with gifts inside of or take it deeper with a reading. If you have any questions about the sale or any of our services, please feel free to email us at support at Gail and Her Moon. So thank you so much for listening with so much love. I hope you enjoy the upcoming episode. Hello, lovely Issa. Thank you for being here again. Hi, Jordan. So great to be here to talk about Saturn and Pisces and all of the movements of the sky that are coming um, through it. Mm. So I think it's it's a really exciting transit. And I mean, if you go on like any astrology page at the moment, it's talking about how exciting March is. It's been mentioned here on the podcast by you. It's in our membership, there's this certain... Um, like spark about March. And one of the reasons for that is Saturn moving into Pisces amongst some other things. Um, And, you know, Saturn being an outer planet, being further away from the earth, being much slower in its movement and much bigger, it means that we aren't as familiar or I guess the movements of Saturn aren't as integrated into our day-to-day lives of the inner planets like Mercury and Venus, for example. We know how to hold space and move through the movements, the quicker movements of those inner planets and being able to like integrate them into the way that we're already living. But when we're looking at these outer planets like Saturn and like Pluto that's also moving this month, it's as if we're starting like a whole new chapter of our lives and you know Saturn's in a sign for two to three years and so we're starting this new two to three year chapter of our experience we're in new terrain we're like entering into this new world where we're going to play out the experience of Saturn in Pisces for the next few years and so that's why it's something that's exciting and worth mentioning and that's why out of all of the movements that are happening this month which are like weekly if, we, if we're looking at the constant movement of astrology, that's why we're picking this one up and we're looking at it a bit more closely. Yeah, absolutely. This is definitely the kickoff to a whole crescendo that will keep coming for the next couple of months in, in an outer planet's changing signs. Um, and Jupiter is not exactly an outer planet, but it's Jupiter and Saturn are, are social planets. And so they're the furthest out before you really get into outer. Saturn is the last planet that we can see with the naked eye. Mm. And so that's why Saturn is considered the threshold of the third dimension of Earth and why it's our builder of time and space, because that you know, until we had telescopes, that was as far out as we knew existed. And so, you know, when we're dealing with outer planet movements, because they are slower, because they take longer to move around the sun, um, we are, in a sense, I feel 
I agree with you in that we don't have as like connected in our daily experience, uh, like a visceral relationship to them, the way that we might when everyone's talking about Mercury or Venus or Mars or even the moon. But I also find, and maybe this is sort of my evolutionary astrology perspective, that the outer planets are are almost integrated at a deeper level because they're so slow that they have the ability to integrate. Integrate's another key word for Saturn. So they kind of infuse in a way that's maybe a little more subtle and you don't necessarily realize it while it's occurring. But when you look backwards, you're like, oh, that was the backdrop of Mm -hmm. what was going on actually. So when I think about the outer planets, they're sort of like, um, like if it was in music or something, it's like the bass and the drum beat and that foundational part of the music that's really holding everything. And then the inner planets, the personal planets, they give some of that melody and harmony that starts bringing it alive. And you kind of notice that because it's the more like frilly part of the sound that you're paying attention to. Mm. But without that baseline, it wouldn't have anything to sit on. So Mm. it's actually what really creates the depth of our experience and the complexity, I feel like. Mm. And it's so interesting that you said, like it's often you don't realize the impact that it's having in the moment. Because when a lot of people talk about their Saturn returns, and we're going to explore this a bit later in this episode, a lot of the time it is in retrospect where it's like they saw it all happening like once they're out of it and they can look back and they can see like the why, the timing, like they can um, receive the wisdom from it as well. But it's usually in retrospect that people are talking about their Saturn return in this way that actually makes sense. Completely. Yes. Yes. And, you know, especially when the outer planets have an aspect to an inner planet, that's when you feel it really personally. So it's like if Saturn is conjunct your moon, then you're going to have a very personal experience of this transit. Whereas if it's not aspecting anything in your chart, you may not notice it as much. Mm -hmm. So that's also part of why we're really aware of things in the moment more so than others. But I think, you know, like a lot of times in that kind of um, activation in the chart, like let's say, um, you know, uh, Saturn, is going to come into uh, your 10th house or something and come conjunct with Uranus. Well, you might lose your job at that moment in time. And in that moment, you might feel like, oh my gosh, I didn't expect to lose my job, that Uranus is going to bring in that sudden unexpected change. And it you, you can just focus on that in the moment. But then when you look back at it 10 years later, you realize that that was actually a pivotal moment of change and growth in your life that set up all of these other events. Mm. So it's just kind of that perspective of being able to have um, that ability to look backwards and 
the retrospective that allows us to see things that you're just not available to see in that moment, Mm -hmm. which is a certain kind of humility as well that Pisces is going to be bringing in with us to have the humility to realize no matter how aware and conscious or enlightened I am as a human being, I always am limited in what I can see. There is always the unknown. There's always the unseen. There's always the mysteries. Mm -hmm. And I have to stay in that truth that I'm always only seeing a part and not the whole, at least while we're you know, embodied. Yeah. Which then takes us into the trust and the faith and the surrender piece that I'm sure will be a massive um, theme throughout, throughout all of this. Um, I did want to start with just deepening into Saturn itself before we go into the movement of Saturn, just so we can have this deeper understanding of this planet. Because I mean, if you're not familiar with Saturn and you want to do a quick Google search, you'll probably only read some bad stuff, <laughs> like some really um, only a very small piece of the picture. And there is so much more available. So did you want to talk about your experience and your relationship and understanding of this planet a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Saturn is, the planet of time and space, as I mentioned, um, it's our building blocks of this universe. And at least from an evolutionary astrology perspective, everything is completely neutral. So as much as sort of more traditional or mundane astrology will look at this from positives or negatives and certainly where Saturn gets a a bad rap, Saturn is really ultimately about building maturity Mm. over time. Yeah. And that can get a, a bad rap for the people on the planet who want things to be easy all of the time and don't understand yet the value of a challenge. Mm. But Saturn is really here to mature that understanding. And I mean, I think so much in the realms of astrology, that's where we get sort of these more almost ego level perspectives of what's going on, which would categorize it in good and bad versus sort of a divine orchestration of growth. Mm. And ultimately the desire of the soul is to evolve, period. That's really the only desire. And so in order to evolve, we have to have challenges. Mm -hmm. And so Saturn brings those to us so that we can level up. Mm. And so, you know, some key words that you can think about with Saturn um, is being able to create self-discipline, building your character, having integrity, self-respect, maturity. You know, these are all things that ultimately we want to be, right? Like we want to be somebody who has great character and stands on moral ground and lives in integrity. We want to be respectful to others and to ourselves. You know, these are things that we do value, 
overall in society, but we may not always value the process and how we arrive at that character building process. And so if you're feeling fearful around Saturn, understand that, or maybe at least one way that I've kind of changed my own relationship to it, Saturn rules my chart. I'm a Capricorn rising. So um, I've had a lot of relationship with Saturn and um, understanding that the repetition, the process, the stability that comes mm-hmm. through the repetition is part of what creates mastery. And being able to not see those tests from a place of, because Saturn can be called karma too. Mm. But it's interesting that people also say that word as a negative or a positive. It's like if you are not behaving in ways that have integrity in how you're acting in the world, then you maybe are afraid of your karma. But if you know that you came with your heart, that you were in right action, and that you held that level of um, oh, with, you know, I don't want to keep saying integrity, but you know, if you're in that integrity in in your behavior, that the karma that comes to you is something that you'll be very grateful for, you know, that can really support you on that next step of the journey. It's not inherently a negative yeah. um, when we receive our karma. So it's just about being able to understand that every action that we take has an equal and opposite reaction and response. And so knowing that that's a basic building block of the universe, we can come responsibly in the way in which we behave in our lives and live our lives. And then there's absolutely nothing to fear. And when we get to those test points, you know, if we're prepared, if we have done that work, we get to the test and you get that A plus without a problem. So it's like, we need to get to those tests because we are evolving through spirals. Mm. And so we can wonder, why am I dealing with this again? Why is this coming up again? And it's because, you know, Saturn has these seven-year points of tests, even like relationships. You Like many people will know that seven years is that test in the relationship. If you can get through that, then, you know, you, you're, you're golden for a while. And so it's, understanding sort of those timing elements to say like, okay, I have done this before and I learned all of these lessons. And because I've learned these lessons, well, how do I know I really learned them unless it comes up again and I can put them to work? And then through being able to interact in a new way based on what you learned, then you move on, you know, Mm -hmm. you grow, you mature through that process. So rather than having the relationship of like, why is this happening again? It's like, oh, it's time for my test again. And I can, I get to show myself, the universe, all that is that I really learned my lesson. And once that, you know, kind of gets checked off, if you will, the doors open and you move on to the next stage. Mm. So um, 
it's it's important to have those graduations. You can also think of Saturn as a graduation in your life too, especially when you're coming back around to old themes that are getting um, addressed again. Yeah. And I usually, I like to see, you mentioned that spiral. I often see that when something does present itself again and not in a way that it's just like, this feeling of like this annoying pattern that I just keep reliving and I I can't get out of but not addressing. But when it's like, no, I've been with this thing, like I've really, really been with this thing, why is it happening again? To me, that is this mirroring of access to more depth in this space, like this greater capacity to hold more of it. Like you said, that graduation like you're not just experiencing it again, you're experiencing it in a whole nother way with with a whole different um, space of capacity and emotional intelligence and all of these different things so that it can be addressed or so it can just, you can just be with it in a way that holds so much more depth, like that spiral that descends as well as ascends. Um, but I love that you used the word mastery because also being in Capricorn rising, Saturn rules my chart. It's with me often. Um, and so mastery is a word that like I often bring into my awareness when I think of Saturn. Um, because mastery, like you can't just be given mastery. Mastery mm-hmm. isn't something that can be rushed. It, mm-hmm. I think, can't really be reached unless it's challenged over and over and over again. Um, it can't be just a mental learning or understanding. It has to be experienced, embodied, integrated, and like you become it basically. So it's like whatever dance you're dancing with, with Saturn, you're here to master it. And I would love your perspective on this, but I, from a lot of the learning that I've explored with Saturn, to me, it always feels really relevant about like the house placement that it's in. And and you could also almost look at like the house placement as an area that you're here to master. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Like wherever Capricorn is in the chart, ruling that house, and then also where Saturn mm-hmm. is in your chart, um, both would speak to that. And I love what you said about um, integration and embodiment. Mm. That's really a lot of it too, because ultimately Saturn, um, especially in regards to Capricorn brings us into leadership, Mm. you know, like it's the elder, it's the crone, it's the wise woman or wise man and, or wise person. And, you know, it's about what can only occur through time Mm. and Mm -hmm. it's a certain amount of you know it's like even in certain relationships friendships lovers even with your own family it's like when we have a certain number of years with them there's a depth to the relationship that you cannot force into it you cannot create that just out of desire it only comes through time yeah and so Saturn really helps us understand 
how space expands, the greater we have time with it. And there's something so fundamental about that in being able to be satisfied with life and to really feel um, like the desire is fully cultivated and, and, and where you can fully appreciate and land in, in really the, the joy of living, you know, Mm -hmm. I've found at least that as more time goes on and we learn those lessons, if we, when we get to those tests again, and we actually do learn them, there's a way in which you trust yourself more, where Mm -hmm. you know you can rely on yourself more, that you are Mm -hmm. capable of this. And that builds a depth in your own character where you, you know, Saturn is also the father archetype. So we all have the father within us as well. And, you know, that, that ability to say like, I, you are sturdy, you are stable. I can rely on you. Mm. You know, that is something that takes many repetitions before you realize that in yourself. And the more that you can sit into that part of the relationship or cultivate that part of the relationship with yourself, the less dependent you end up being on others because you know how to meet your own needs. Mm. And as you get older from that place of leadership, this is about mature leadership and the process that's necessary for character building so that you can actually truly lead others. We know we have a deficit of true mature leadership on this planet right now. And so it's like, we can see how when we don't go through the process, we can see how privilege actually takes away or makes it even more difficult to build that character, to build that maturity, to be able to lead from a place of graciousness and understanding and um, and fully understanding the whole um, because we've experienced it and we've had to, you know, climb up that hill. The animal um, totem for Capricorn is the sea goat. And if we just take the goat on its <laughs> own, then, you know, it's that's the amazing thing about the goat, no matter, or the mountain goat specifically, mm-hmm. um, you know, no matter how difficult the train is, that mountain goat, figures out how to get to the top of the mountain. If you ever watch a mountain goat, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like, whoa, this is this tiny little animal Mm -hmm. who is, doesn't look overly coordinated or Mm -hmm. anything. And somehow slowly, but surely Mm -hmm. he gets there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's an important thing too, to think about the sea goat, the full um, animal archetype of, of Saturn, because that tail is in the water. Uh, the other side of the axes of Capricorn is Cancer. And so that sea goat has his tail in the water connected to the mother. This is actually on the feminine axes, even though it's the father archetype, which I've always found a little confusing. But, um, you know, to me, it's that integration of our internal parent. Yeah. of the mother and the father, ca- cancer being the mother. 
And so, you know, this is our disciplinarian parent. And so the the C part connects the mother and then the goat part connects in the father and allows them to be in one entity at one time and to be able to understand that discipline and that compassion and nurturing. And ultimately Saturn is the container, you know, it builds the structure to hold our emotional body, to hold the Cancerian energy that's internal. So it's really ultimately about structure and how structure and discipline actually create safety. Mm-hmm. This is also our security axes. Mm-hmm. And so this is how I care for and nurture my inner child or children is by creating a safe home for them to live in, mm-hmm. you know, and all of the ways that we do that mentally, mentally, physically, or otherwise. And so, you know, for anyone who's struggling with Saturn, know that um, there might be some relationship issues with what structure is, you know, that maybe needs to evolve because mm-hmm. I certainly am somebody that really struggles with structure, repetition, consistency. Um, I'm more of a nonlinear kind of human. And that certainly goes in with the Saturn and Pisces that we'll get into more. But, you know, what I realized as I did my Kundalini yoga teacher training, because we had two and a half hours a day of yoga that we had to do every single day. And it was like, for a year. So it's like, how do I fit this in no matter what's going on in my life? And the idea was giving 10% of your day, two and a half hours, which is the time period of Saturn. Saturn is a two and a half year transit through a house. So, um, you know, because of retrogrades, it can get close to three years, but it'll start entering and leaving in that two and a half year window. And so you work with the Saturn time period every day, no matter what, as a daily self-discipline to Mm -hmm. give 10% of your day to your soul. And I really struggled with like the feasibility of that as much as it sounded nice, but I was committed to it. And no matter what was going on, even if I got less sleep, I made sure to bring my practices in. And what I realized after about three months was, oh, this consistency is actually allowing me to go higher, to build the mastery, to build the the repetitions Mm -hmm. that allow me to go deeper into my spiritual practice and knowing of self. Mm -hmm. And that is so much of what Saturn in Pisces is really going to be here helping us work on Mm -hmm. and for everybody um, Mm -hmm. on the planet in the next about three years is what it's going to take for it to fully leave. Um, uh, But, you know, the next three years is really a time to be building that um, tapa is what it's called in yoga. It's the internal fire that cleanses and purifies and deepens the spiritual world internally. Mm. So, you know, it's actually like a hug, you know, <laughs> like that's containment, right? Mm. And certainly if you don't want that hug, it doesn't feel good. But if you do, 
and you are welcoming it, then that containment feels beautiful. It's safe. It makes Mm -hmm. you feel known and loved and cared for. So it's like, how can you create structures in your own life that provide the containment for love to grow deeper within you? I really appreciate all of that. I think that throughout this time of Saturn in Pisces, there's is a, it's an, a really one of the many things it is is an opportunity to really create our own relationship with that idea of structure and discipline and commitment because I think if we look at the way in which these principles are displayed in a lot like a lot of just what's happening in the world we can try to relate to discipline from this like almost like um, not enoughness or we can relate to commitment or any of these things from a space of like, oh, it's just left me. Are you thinking like blockages and limitations? And not so much. I think I think just like organization, structure, commitment. These feel very harsh, almost. And it's mm. like you need to abandon yourself in the name of the thing that you're creating or the thing that you're committing to or whatever it is. You need to abandon that inner movement and intuition and flow that is natural to our being in order to have that thing over there. And so. Mm. It's like that pendulum swing of like the kind of getting into masculine and feminine here. You go all the way over to the masculine, but you're abandoning the feminine. So then you go all the way back over to the feminine and you have this incredible resistance to the words that we're mentioning here, like structure and commitment. Um, And so it's about finding the point where they kind of meet and work together and they both hold and support each other that you're mentioning. Um, And I'm saying this because I know that at least a lot of the people that I interact with through Girl on Her Moon are very much in that like moment to moment intuitive flow. And it's like just following that movement of like what feels good, what feels right in the moment. And that's great. And that's beautiful. But that also needs that support of the structure, of the commitment, of the devotion that is Saturn to hold all of that and to really act as the door for it to be expressed through. Um, yeah, like I think when I look at a lot of, this is like a bit of a side note, I guess, but a lot of traditional business advice and things like that, they're very heavy on the things that we're talking about, but it feels as if they're so far over there that they're abandoning that internal movement and that internal flow. And so I think bringing Saturn and Pisces together, which I'm, I guess we're just going into now is really pairing the two and see how they want to hold each other and they want to support one another. And really they are like pairs. We're supposed to be working with both of them. Beautifully said. And, you know, I think the other kind of really, really, really big keyword that I didn't mention here that Mm -hmm. I'm hearing you bring up is authority. Because when we're talking and, and to me, this is like a, a collective maturity that needs to occur because when we are children and our 
disciplinarian parent says, you know, the father archetype says, you have to clean your room before you go and play. Mm -hmm. You have to go to school, even though you don't want to, you have to do all of these things that you don't want to do. It creates this authoritarian experience with all of the shoulds that we're supposed to do in life. And it puts them in a bad category. Yeah. Instead of understanding the right relationship to these practices. Mm. And, you know, when we move out of a child parent relationship and we become our own authority in our life and say, not from a scolding or shaming perspective, but like, yeah. Isa, what supports you? Yeah. What helps you, what processes allow your dreams to manifest into mm-hmm. the world? What makes you feel, you know, really held and cared for? And, you know, what structures contain you so that you rise bigger? Mm-hmm. Because when we're really talking about the masculine and the feminine supporting one another, which Cancer Capricorn absolutely mm-hmm. does. The structure is there. That square is the building block of the masculine that is so sturdy and so strong that the feminine circle can come over that and move in all of its organic flows and forms and Mm -hmm. shapes and wildness, Mm -hmm. but because it is held and contained, it, it actually can go bigger. It can go wider. It can be more creative, more intuitive, but it needs a certain degree of, of holding so that it can go up. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. if you're going to jump, you have to go down to go up. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like being able to really get that rootedness through the structure is going to allow you to use your feminine intuition at a higher level. But you have to understand that, you know, this is all you, this is all your choice in what those structures are that do support you instead of restrict you. Mm. You know, this is not about repression, which would be a lower octave of Saturn. Mm. And because most of us have had a lot of repressed um, experiences through structure that have blocked us and limited us to being able to fly and be our whole selves. And we've had more of of external authorities telling us what to do instead of it being an internal authority making that. I think that that's really why so many people have such a bad taste around it. Um, And of course, we've had plenty of authoritarian governments to this day that are restricting us from being ourselves. And so I understand why most people Mm -hmm. are under that mindset around it because unfortunately we've we've only used it in the lower octave in a lot of the ways not from the way that actually helps things manifest into the world mm-hmm. which is really where sort of the turning offering point is in Saturn and Pisces is being able to 
use your own intuitive faculty to understand what are the disciplines that will Mm. allow me to expand Mm. wider, bigger than I've ever been. Mm. I love that. Yeah. I still remember how um, almost like mind-bending the experience was when I first left my like more traditional job where you know you go through school you go through high school you go through work and you have set structures put in place you have these set to-do lists almost with dates and everything and I remember how just immense the experience was of leaving that and needing to somehow figure out my own structures for myself and and listen to my own um authority and be my own discipline it's it's a completely like different universe to be living on but and and it takes time I mean when again we're talking about Saturn it takes time it takes trying this way and falling over and getting up and trying this way and learning every single time that that happens um but as you do and as you develop that relationship with it, as you develop that relationship with yourself in this new way as well, it is so much. I mean, it can't even be compared to like the rewards that are available versus like that previous way that I was speaking about. It's a completely different way of living. Absolutely. And persistence and determination yeah. to more keywords for Saturn, mm-hmm. you know, because it is much sweeter when you arrive at that goal Mm. after all the different trials and tribulations and then you appreciate it a whole lot more, you Mm. know? So um, I I think that that's part of the sweetness that comes from time is like, wow, I worked really hard for a really long time and like, whoa, it's here now, you know, like I did it. Like if you – if you try today and you get it today, like it's exciting for sure, mm-hmm. but it it has less of an impact on yourself at at any level, really. You mm-hmm. know. Um, I also I was reading a little bit yesterday, and I already knew this, but I read it again today or yesterday, and it was there was a Roman god. I don't know when. I don't know what year we're in when I'm talking about this called Saturn, who was the god of wealth and agriculture, which I think speaks to Saturn really, really beautifully, to this like other side of Saturn. If you think of wealth and you think of agriculture, these are two things traditionally where there is a lot of input, commitment, action, devotion, and just like effort that you need to put in And then on the other side of it, these are two things where the fruits that you receive of that labor are abundant in nature. And that's another thing to remember with Saturn is you're not just like working for the sake of it. You're not just putting effort in for the sake of it. Saturn does reward and and it, it does, there is that time period where you're putting in effort and you're moving towards something and then and and the 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 receiving side of that isn't going to be seen initially especially if we're talking about Pisces we're literally in the unseen realms but 
just if like it's just this head down, keep going, keep listening to that internal pull. And there are always results. There are always gifts on the other side. And like you said, it's so much sweeter through this process than getting it from elsewhere or if it's instant or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, Saturn ruling Capricorn, that's an earth sign. And and Mm -hmm. that's part of the gift of, of earth that we learn about is the process that it takes in order to, which includes so much discipline and Mm -hmm. consistency in order to manifest. Um, And, you know, with Saturn in Pisces, we'll be really fine tuning and honing that skill to witness the dreams within ourselves that are desiring to manifest and then to build the structures so that they don't stay in the dream world, but come Mm. into the physical, Mm. you know, this is a, a time where we're going to really have the opportunity, at least if we choose to use it to master the dream realms, master Mm. our own dreamscape and, and how we bring inspiration into form, you know, the full manifestation process ultimately. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of beauty in this coming three-year period, but this is more of an ending time than a beginning It'll be the beginning more when we get to Saturn in Aries uh, in 2026. Do you want to speak to that a little bit more? Yeah, well, so when we're talking about Pisces, maybe let's talk about Pisces a little Mm. bit to make that um, all land. So Pisces is ruled by Neptune and it's represented by the 12th house. So in astrology, there are 12 houses. So that is clearly the last one. Aries is our first house and the beginning of the journey, whereas Pisces is the end of the journey. And like all water signs, but um, Pisces does it the most, it's mutable water. It's about dissolving. So when we get to the final phase of the zodiac progression or the house progression or the end of the, the cosmic journey, we're dissolving structures. We're just, we're, our body starts to die. Our, our connection with spirit starts to open. We sleep more. We might daydream more. We're less here and we're more, you know, we're dissolving the structures of this space. Now, of course, that's like actual life cycle, but if it was you can take it into any example in into life. Um, it's not always a complete ending that is a death. It can be the transmutation where it's like this idea has had its full cycle and now we're growing into the next phase. And so when Aries goes, maybe there's an actual up level into, you know, we're still in the same category of what we're, we've been building, but now it's going to take a new octave of, of, how it'll be expressed. So, you know, Pisces in its higher octave has um, transcendent abilities and it's really about, there's also a, a very intense level of sensitivity. 
um, and even psychic ability and, and where the veil is thinnest in the whole sphere of the Zodiac. So um, we're really kind of in the diffusion of self and where we're returning to wholeness. We're dissolving mm-hmm. into the universe. We're letting go of the boundaries and the barriers. So, so much of the third dimensional world, which is represented by Saturn, Pisces is ultimately kind of holds the opposite energy where, you know, we've got the Saturn builder and Pisces dissolves any mm-hmm. structure that it wants to build. Um, so there's, there's a, an interesting inversion in this period mm. as Saturn moves through Pisces. Yeah, that's so interesting because I, like how do the boundless and the bounded then come together or the limitless and the limited? So these kind of dichotomous natures of Pisces and Saturn, how do we place a limit on that which can't be grasped or limited, you know? Um, How do you place boundaries around the self when the self is ceasing to exist? (laughs) It's such a, um, it's, it's such like an esoteric exploration where you really need to kind of drop um, a lot of mental grasping to explore. Oh, the divine paradox. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, I mean, and also like, wow, the expansion of understanding what boundaries are and what mm. that means, mm. you know, like maybe it's not material boundaries all the time. What about psychic boundaries? What about mm. emotional boundaries? What about mental mm-hmm. boundaries? You yeah. know, and and all of the different ways of containment that allow our spirit to expand. Yeah. You know, it's, and I think that kind of complexity and working with the paradoxical nature of some of this, um, and this certainly goes whenever we're thinking about our own charts, you know, we'll see a certain piece of our chart that says you're extroverted and then another piece that says you're introverted. And it's like, well, how is that both true? And it's like, well, actually I'm a complex being and in certain situations I'm introverted and in certain situations I'm extroverted mm-hmm. and both are true. Like how can it be an and, and how can we bring in gr- in greater complexity so that there is an and where we expand and we can include both where it doesn't have to be oppositional, when it doesn't have to be binary, Mm. but tertiary, you know, how Mm. can we find the gradation and the full spectrum instead of focusing solely on the poles Mm. of the binary, you know? Mm. So I think that there is a lot of benefit in contemplating what that means for you in your life and what needs to dissolve in order to have space for something new to be built Mm -hmm. and what, um, what needs to be built that is in honor of containing the part of us that wants to grow, you know? So I don't actually think that it has to be a contradiction, Mm -hmm but it's something to work with and to 
understand how it's not a contradiction. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a good mental exercise. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. I love all of that. And I, I, I love that you mentioned boundaries because that's something that I wanted to speak about today. You know, I think with Saturn previously going through Capricorn and then Aquarius, and now we're moving into Pisces. It's like when it was in Capricorn and Aquarius, the boundaries that we were working with were a bit more clear, mm-hmm. a bit more um, we could understand them, we could see them. I mean, like Saturn in Aquarius, that was what, 2020? It's, it mm-hmm. began. I mean, yeah. we all know the restrictions that were placed in in um, 2020 that we've been moving through. They were very obvious. They were very clear. We knew what was happening. Um Saturn in Pisces, it's it's a lot less this is what it is and it's set as that or it's a little, it's a lot less clear and obvious in that way. And I love that you mentioned, you know, psychic boundaries, emotional boundaries, mental boundaries because I think, I don't know if this is my Saturn in Pisces speaking or many other things, even the word boundaries itself I've had such an aversion to for such a long time like growing up and so I've really needed to create a new relationship with the word boundaries or with what boundaries are and I think with Saturn it's this it's almost this seeing boundaries as the opportunity for compassion and for empathy and for relating those Piscean qualities um it's seeing boundaries as an opportunity for that greater connection um that makes me think of consent yeah yeah you know it's like when there's consent I'm safe and I can choose this I gain agency Mm through consent. So it's like, look, see, like that containment created something new, agency. Mm-hmm. And now with agency, I have the choice to choose this. And when I say yes, now we have a container where we have dictated the rules and we can go deeper in our relationship. Yeah. And I think that ties in really well to, I mean, kind of, you mentioned like psychic boundaries, energetic boundaries. Mm-hmm. We really need to, I think this is somewhere that really needs a lot of tension in a lot of people to create those boundaries around us, even when we're, you know, there's a lot of talk around empaths Mm -hmm. um, and around how difficult that can be for many sensitive humans. And it's like the gift is there, like the beauty is there, the Empathy is a beautiful thing. Sensitivity is a beautiful thing. Connection is a beautiful thing. Intimacy, compassion, all of these things that are only possible when we do have that containment, where we do have those boundaries and those boundaries that do serve both the self and the other. Yes, yes. And, you know, this is going to be a period where cultivating those psychic and emotional boundaries is going to be a huge part of 
building that Mm -hmm. maturity, particularly Mm -hmm. for anybody who's got a lot of water or is very empathic, maybe has a strong Neptune in their chart or a lot in their 12th house. You know, for those super sensitive souls on this planet, which kind of also brings us into some of the lower octaves of Neptune and Pisces, Mm -hmm. because we're dealing with hypersensitivity. And so for people who have hypersensitivities, um, environmental or otherwise, um, there's, remember, you know, one of our words was diffusion. And because you're lacking in boundaries within your own container, everything's getting absorbed. Mm. And so when there's no discernment, the opposite of Pisces is Virgo. So in this period, Virgo teaches us a lot of our solutions to how to resolve the lower octaves of Pisces. And Virgo is about discernment. And so mm-hmm. we have to understand that we don't need to have like a savior complex where mm-hmm. it's like every, you know, hurt winged bird needs to be cared for by me. Yeah. That's actually not our job potentially. And we might even be stealing their own agency and ability to learn how to take care of themselves by doing it for them. Mm-hmm. You know, so as much as on the surface, it can look like, right action, we are actually disabling that person from being able to learn the skills that they need to to take care of their own wounds so that they don't need to be dependent on another person to resolve that. So, you know, being able to really understand how to know when it's right to allow something into your energy and when it's you know, we can bless them and allow them to continue mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. Um, is an important thing that will be coming up with Saturn in Pisces because mm-hmm. we have to understand that when we don't take care of our own container, our own needs, that we too are worthy and have needs that have to be addressed. And it's our responsibility, Saturn, to address my psycho-emotional needs. And Therefore, you know, like when we don't do that, when we don't um, learn the skills and the tools to build those inner containers, we form different pathways of escapism to get out of the discomfort. And that can, you know, escapism is one of the the lower octaves of uh, Pisces. And we can do that in all kinds of ways. You know, that can be excessive doom scrolling on our phone. That can be um, gaming incessantly. That can be shopping endlessly. That can be overeating. Um, That can be drugs and alcohol. Absolutely. Um, It can be sex. There's so many ways in which we choose to escape our discomfort But it's like when we're really sensitive like that, we have to learn how to build healthy boundaries so that we can actually stay in flow Mm -hmm. where we can honor our own rhythm and needs and not start um, feeling abandoned by God or feeling cut off from the universe or 
where we lose ourself to the other person who's so in need. You know, there's a self-sacrificing energy inside of Pisces. And oftentimes I've seen with clients and friends that they get into relationship with other people that they want to save that, you know, they see the highest good in them and then they get into savior complex and they lose their life to this other person's needs. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so there, there is that discernment quality that Virgo asks to bring in and humility too, you know, and the compassion, forgiveness, empathy, unconditional love, those are the higher octaves of Pisces, but, uh, and also enlightenment, you know, but when we don't create the right containers that allow that to occur, then we can end up in seeking oblivion or escapism or all of the ways that we tune out instead mm-hmm. of tuning in. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this time period is is really helping us come into right relationship with that Saturnian energy mm-hmm. of of containment boundaries and responsibility so that we can cultivate true compassion and forgiveness in our lives and our relationships. Mm. You know, when sometimes the most loving thing is, is to say, I'm not able to help you right now. Yeah. You yeah. know, as, as hard as that can feel, another thing that feels like a contradiction or a paradox, but it's like sometimes, you know, it's it's the whole, you've got to teach them how to fish instead of giving them a fish Mm. to eat, you know, like what is actually genuinely in service to the other person, not just what looks like service on the outside. Because sometimes then we're enabling, right? Mm. So we have to really be careful with that fine line. Yeah. I love all of that. And I wanted to just quickly speak to the, um, like the escapism that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, I've found that when I am leaning into those kind of behaviors, 99% of the time it's because I am overwhelmed by energies, emotions, thoughts, perspectives, whatever it is that are not mine. Mm. It's like I have the capacity to be with what's mine but that doesn't mean that I have the capacity to be with what's everyone else's. And that's when I find myself trying to tap out because my system is like, this is too much. This isn't for me. I can't handle all of this. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that's definitely an observation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. because Well, because it's also the Pisces is the collective unconscious. Yeah. Yeah, And so when we don't create those boundaries and everything is coming in, it can feel like, oh, I feel this way and, and, and I think that, and that's what it is. But you're like, oh, actually, if I sit and meditate enough where I clear myself out enough, zeroing out, it's like, oh, that's not mine. I don't believe mm-hmm. that. Like that's yeah. something that's old or maybe that society or the status quo says is normal, but it's, it's not my truth, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, I'm so glad you brought that up because it's like, 
um, one of the hardest things to sort of whittle out to figure out what is truly yours and not yours Mm. and to, in order to then have the discernment, you know, and the, the forgiveness and all of it. So, um, yeah, great point. Mm. Um, I think, I think what else I wanted to say to that, and I hope this is relevant, there, it feels like there's a piece of that discernment where it's like it, it might not be entirely clear. Like this is what I'm experiencing. I understand it, and this part of it is someone else's and it's theirs, and this part is mine and 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 whatnot. There is mystery to it, and when we are working with Pisces, there needs to be that surrender to the mystery of not seeing the entire. I mean, Pisces is all that is when we're here as humans, we can't see all that is. Um, And so when we are working with that discernment, for me, there needs to be a lot of trust that even just allowing energy, like just setting the intention, what is not mine can leave me or like recalling what is mine to come back. I wouldn't be able to do that if I were like, what am I feeling right now? Whose is this? Can like, and trying to mentalize and understand it all. Um, oh, sorry. I just got to like a, dis- okay. <laughs> um, oh, we just got a little pop up and now I have no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> but yeah, I think that mystery is a part of it. Yes. Yeah. The mystery, the unseen and, mm-hmm. you know, um, one of my teachers, uh, Stephen Forrest, he was talking about this and, um, it really hit me. Like, it, it's like really sort of obvious, but I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> Which was how can we build faith? Another keyword for Pisces. If we immediately get what it is that we want. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I can't build faith if it's always this instant manifestation, right? Mm. So that faith and that trust element is part of Pisces. And so there has to be a certain kind of void. There has to be a certain kind of emptiness mm-hmm. where you're not getting an immediate feedback that affirms you and says, good job. You know, yeah. you have to build that internal faith muscle within yourself that can see at least subtle symbols, start learning mm-hmm. different ways that the universe is corresponding with you at all times and, and to help you along that way. But, you know, the higher you go into your evolutionary spheres, the less quick the, the pat on the back happens, like where you get mm-hmm. affirmed so that you have a larger void so that you can build the faith, you know, mm-hmm. faith in yourself, trust in yourself, in the universe, like wherever that needs to get allocated, you know, it has the opportunity to grow when it is not answered right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no, I love that. Absolutely. And I, for me, at least, I think that a lot of that faith and that support comes from leaning into those higher octaves of Pisces where you do have access to that, like the 
worlds of support that is available that we can't necessarily see or feel or grab or intellectualize. Like it's there. And like leaning into that often or even just getting to a point where you don't need to purposefully lean into that, you've got that like you feel that support behind you. You feel that golden thread in front of you guiding you. Um, that's where, like you said, you don't need those immediate results or you don't need, I don't even know what it is. It's, it also brings more joy in the journey, I think, when we are leaning into faith in the way that you mentioned, the faith and the trust that you mentioned. Um, and, and it becomes less about the manifestation of the thing and more about the journey and the experience and, and who you become throughout that process as well. Yeah, yeah, that feels like a really beautiful way to think about the Saturn-Pisces combo of, you know, Saturn bringing in the process, Pisces bringing in the mysteries mm. and learning how to navigate that pathway Mm -hmm. so that you stay determined, so that you have the fortitude to keep up and keep going and to, you know, see how you are shape-shifted through Mm -hmm. that process. You know, Pisces is also music. It's like the ephemeral and ethereal realms. It's dance, singing, you know, these are like the feminine arts. And so any artist will tell you that becoming process oriented versus goal oriented is part of the creative process. You Mm -hmm. know, it's not just about, you know, the painting or the product or whatever it is that you're making, but the whole journey in getting there can be nourishing and exciting and fruitful and filled with blessings, not just when you get to the finish line. Mm. So learning how to really enjoy the process of the mysteries and to um, understand what it is that truly nourishes you and to be able to include that into the way that you create your process you know, because if you're having that maturity and you're coming into a greater level of inner authority in your own creation process, your life creation, self-creation process, I mean, everything is inherently creative on this planet. Mm-hmm. Like there's mm-hmm. not a person on this planet who's not a creator. I just want to say that to you. If you yeah. are like an accountant and you're like, I'm not creative. <laughs> yes, you are. Mm-hmm. You are creating every single day. And also numbers are one of the most creative and like magical parts of the universe. Okay. So like, even if you're a numbers math person, like I feel like the interviews I've heard from mathematicians discussing the universe are some of the most profound spiritual conversations I've ever heard in my life, you know? So it's like, we are all creators. We all have access to the multiplicity of languages in which the universe speaks through us. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this is, an offering for you to figure out what form life needs to take so that you are in that creative flow, sharing the brilliance that needs to come through your hands, through your voice, through your eyes, through your ears, through your Mm -hmm. touch, you know? So yeah, I think that there's um, a, 
um, a heightened of intuition that will also come in. And, and, and this is also, in my opinion, part of how the future is feminine. You know, when we focus on process instead of goals, when we are okay with not having answers, when we can be in that void and that mystery and, and deal with the unseen and to holistically see life instead of just seeing the physical part of life, yeah. but the fullness of life is a lot of life is not seen. Mm-hmm. Our minds aren't seen, our emotions aren't seen, you know, ener- we're all energy, but there's a lot of energy that's not dense enough to be seen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if it's in that place, it's like, a returning to seeing the world as magical, mm-hmm. as seeing it as connected, to me, that's Saturn in Pisces very much. And, you know, you have Saturn in Pisces and I have Neptune in Capricorn on my I ascendant. I said away. <laughs> <laughs> so you got it double. Um, but it's like, it gives me that same kind of Saturn Pisces experience within my chart. Yeah. And, you know, Saturn or Pisces can also be confusion. You know, mm. confusion is also part of the process of clarity. Mm-hmm. We act like confusion and clarity are two opposite things, but they're one thing on a spectrum. At what point does that confusion become clarity? At what point does clarity become confusion? You know what I mean? It's like this is the other side of the coin. And so this is about, um, reuniting with the feminine part of the process and allowing that intuition to be part of our, our guideposts along the way Mm -hmm. and to set up our structures in a way that leaves space for the mysteries to live Mm -hmm. and to be okay with not having answers in every moment, because those are all masculine energy Mm -hmm. things, you know? So this is part of us, in all genders being able to return to the feminine and, and, and leaving space for the feminine to live in our lives. Yeah. I really love all of that when you were talking about creation and again, not just like creating a piece of art, but creating as we live, you know, the living, breathing, ever present act of what we're calling manifestation is creation and what I think is really present with Saturn in Pisces is like you can't really create from a space of like forcing when these two are pairing up there's such a need of surrender into the the piece of creation and it makes me think of um there's this Taoist saying and I don't remember it completely, but it's something like there's times where you will flood the Tao with yourself and there's times where you empty yourself to let the Tao flood you. Or it's like a lot of the um, Gnostic Christianity or even Sufism beliefs are like emptying the self in order to be filled by the divine. And so that way it's like creation is filling you and working through you Um And there needs to be that surrender involved because you can't control creation. Um, You need to let it move through you. And that's been, you know, having Saturn in Pisces, 
I can see that so clearly throughout my life. The the biggest and most beautiful and most fulfilling and aligned things that I've been able to build or experience in my life. Like I was not, (laughs) if we go back when I was a bit younger, I wasn't even aware that they were happening. There's that much surrender happening. Coming a bit closer to where I am now, I have a bit more of awareness and a bit more of sight or intuition even where I see what's happening. But it's like there's an element of I'm not enforcing this. I like I can't force. And when I try to force things, it does not work. Like doors slam in my face. It doesn't happen. Um, so there needs to be that element of surrender while at the same time also being deeply in tune with the process of what is happening where Saturn is asking you to then create those structures. But it's like the energy or the creation is informing the physical action that needs to be taken place or informing the structures to hold this, whatever it is to begin to move through. Yes. Yes. You know, it's, it's divine timing, Yeah, you know, and I could definitely see Saturn and Pisces as divine timing Mm -hmm. instead of earth time. And, um, this, this energy of letting go of dissolving of removing all that is no longer true is no longer Mm -hmm. you, you know, so that you can leave the space to be filled Mm -hmm. with what wants to come in, which is, you know, this next three year period can definitely hold a lot of time of loss for a lot of people you know, this is a dissolving of our structures. And depending on who you have been in the structures that be, you know, there might be more that's that needs to dissolve in your mm-hmm. life to make space, you know. Yeah. And in and without leaving that space, we can't fill it and manifest what's next in when we hit Aries in 2026. So, you know, I would really welcome people to trust in whatever is dissolving in your life, a relationship, a job, a a home space, like whatever it is that is leaving or seemingly disintegrating right out of your hands, even money, like, you know, where it can just kind of fall through your fingers trust that it is being removed because it is not spiritually aligned with your life. Mm -hmm. It might be aligned with the status quo's idea of what you should do, but not what your soul feels is your highest good. And even if it is removed and there is spaciousness between that and a resolution to be able to stay in the faith and in the trust in yourself and that the universe is always providing that it will get filled with Mm. something that's more in alignment as long as you're staying in your integrity with your values, your morals, your needs. You know, we Mm. still have the North Node in Taurus for the first couple of months of this transit, you know, and simplifying your life is part of liberation where less is more right now. So, you know, if things need to be leaving, it's because 
it's about getting like to whittle it down to the most fundamental core pieces that actually create sustenance in your life instead of, you know, the jails that you signed up for. Maybe it's that job that gives you a ton of money, but you lose everything else in your life in order to maintain it. Is that really sustenance? Is that really sustainable long-term either? You know, is that really the best way for you to live your life? And maybe the answer is no. And if it's something that is getting removed for you, you know, that's something to really pay attention to and to have the humility to say, like, I don't understand why this is leaving, but if it is, how could it be true that this is in divine order? Mm. You know, divine order would be another one as as well as divine timing. And so, you know, really being able to trust that process, even though it will only arise in its own timing, not (laughs) yours. So the more simplified your life can be so that you can minimize your overhead and be able to manage the potential space between answers, the easier it is to have grace with the process. You know, so I would really welcome people to let go of, of anything that has really high bills or things that keep them imprisoned or in their own slavery to their job or to other people or whatever that, um, creates dependencies and doesn't allow you to get clear about what is yours and what isn't, you know, because we just have to keep maintaining the structure, you know, because we need it to stay alive. Like mm-hmm. the more that you feel that way about any element of your life or any person or job or whatever it is, you know, the more that it becomes difficult to answer those questions for mm-hmm. yourself and to answer them truthfully, you know. Mm-hmm. I would also, yeah. yeah, I would also extend that into like inwards as well. I think there's mm. going to be a lot of, um, you know, the letting go of the selves that we thought we were that are very scary to let go of um, that may have us feeling lost, confused, empty, unsure of the self. And again, it's that opportunity to be filled by that vaster self or that what, you know, whatever you want to call it. So are you feeling good to move on to Saturn Returns now? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go into Saturn Returns. So, you know, with Saturn Returns, so, you know, we can kind of build on what we've learned already about Saturn, which is that ultimately we're growing up. Saturn is teaching us Mm -hmm. how to grow up and mature Mm -hmm. and to become that crone or become that elder in our life eventually, which from my perspective, we need to shift that into being one of the highest honors that we can reach in our life because that doesn't come just from age Mm. alone. Yeah. You know, how many people are 70 some years old and we're like, oh, you could be 15, <laughs> right? Yeah. So um, when we can think of <laughs> dozens of, of mm-hmm. people up there, right? So to really work with Saturn gives you the honor of becoming an actual elder on this planet. 
which we need a lot more of, and to become a guide to those younger. So when we're dealing with Saturn cycles in our chart, each house in the zodiac wheel is a sector of our psyche. And so as Saturn goes around, taking about 29 years to do so, um, to come back to the same place it was when you were born, also known as a return, it is building each area of the psyche. So until you are 29 years old, you are not fully formed because Saturn has not come around to those areas of your chart to build that part of your psyche because Saturn's our builder. So, and, and if you, so we have usually two Saturn returns in our lifetime. I think um, we may start having three, you know, depending as people start aging differently and staying on the planet longer. Um, but for the most part, we kind of deal with two Saturn returns, which happens around 28 to 30 and then around um, 56 to, 50, to 59. So um, in the first Saturn return period, we are growing up in kind of the more traditional ways that we think of where it's like maybe you're buying a house at that point, maybe you're um, at a place now in your career where things are starting to stabilize, you've got a couple of years behind you, you're not at the entry-level job anymore, um, maybe you're choosing to get married, or maybe you're choosing to have um, a child, your first child at that point. It's kind of a threshold mm-hmm. where we enter into the grown-up part of our life. We start to enter into midlife. And from an EA point of view, evolutionary astrology, um, we would see the first 30 years of life before we have that return as just karma. So we are bringing in all of the karmic experiences from our past lives that we want to work on and resolve in this life into our consciousness. And we can't bring them into our consciousness unless we have an experience with it, right? So the first 30 years is really just about onboarding all of those old past life experiences that we want to address this time around. And then once you have that first Saturn return period done. And I also to say, as far as timing is concerned, if you, like you tend to, whenever you have these larger cycles, Saturn being kind of the beginning of really large cycles, Mm -hmm. um, you're going to feel it two and a half years beforehand and two and a half years afterward. Ah, okay. so your Saturn return period is really kind of like a five-year window where you're going to feel it. Um, and the earlier part, like before you get there, um, it's called the balsamic phase. And the balsamic phase is really where the tests lie. And that goes for all cycle returns. So like even in your birthday, your solar return, uh, when the sun comes back to where it was when you were born, 
in that balsamic phase, like the month before your birthday, you get all of your tests. You you start noticing all of those things that like are your triggers or your challenges and you have the opportunity to pass the tests mm-hmm. and then you get your birthday and then you graduate and you move on to the next phase, yeah. right? So it's the same with Saturn, but when we have the larger the cycle is or the longer it is, the larger that window is where we feel that. So like with Saturn and Pisces, let's say you're born in the middle of it um, at like 14 degrees or something. So you're going to particularly start to like, you might have already started feeling it as in the last like couple of months, Mm -hmm. but especially once it enters into Saturn and Pisces, then you, it graduates in intensity and now you're really, really feeling it for a, in a hard way up until it gets to your placement. And then when it starts to separate and go beyond that, then you're going to also really intensely feel it as it finishes those last degrees of Pisces. And then once it moves into Aries, you'll definitely get an energy shift, but you might still feel a bit of challenge there. But as it's Mm -hmm. separating, it's not as difficult usually as when it's closing. So that's kind of just more about cycles, but. Yeah, that's so interesting because I was going to ask for those that have Saturn in Aquarius that are finishing their Saturn Mm -hmm. return, what is this time about for them? So when it's separating and and you're moving into the next window, I mean, it starts to correlate. Once you've had your Saturn return, then you start moving into your progress charts so it's start, you start having correlations with early childhood. So right. once you have that return, now you're at year zero to one. And so you can look back at zero to one and say, you'll see a connection to what that was to now. And of course, your parents will probably have to inform you of that if they even remember. Mm-hmm. But you'll start having that. And of course, once you let's say get into your seventh or eighth year after your Saturn return. Now you have the cognition potentially to remember that yourself about your childhood. And so you can be like, Oh yeah, what was my seven-year-old year like? Because now I'm 36 and there's a correlation between the two. And I actually can remember that, that time of my life, you know, so, um, or potentially. Um, And so, you know, then you start having those correlations and you start seeing the next step in the, um, in the kind of synergy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. I didn't know any of that. And if Um, you are going through your second Saturn return, you mm -hmm. can also think back to your first Saturn return because that is going to also have those correlation points. And then you can also think about year zero or, you know, if you're in that balsamic phase leading up to the Saturn return, you can talk to your parents about, your conception, how was your mother's pregnancy, you know, what was going on in their relationship and all of that, because there's, there is that, um, connection too. I was Mm -hmm. reading some interesting articles about this isn't really substantiated, but it was something that was kind of percolating in curiosity. Mm -hmm. Um, and this, woman was talking about how her mother had two children and the way in which they were in utero and in her, in her belly, it's like Mm. 
the way that they behaved was exactly like they their personality was as they when they came out. And so they were looking at conception charts yeah. to understand what that personality um, was like. And it seemed like from a lot of different people looking at conception charts that there was an actual connection there beyond just the natal chart. So it's it's something interesting to to ponder. I don't necessarily know that it's yeah. true or not true, but um, it makes sense in, to me. Yeah, that's something that I like just the, the experience of someone's birth. That's something that I would really actually, I want to explore further and how that is this greater represent, representation for something more. I even... I don't remember what book it was in, but there was some astrology book I was reading. I feel a bit bad for not knowing the name of it. Um, but it was talking about the the ascendant as well as planets on the ascendant having a correlation with their experience of birth. And like, I don't know about you, but for me, that was like, it was so spot on with my Neptune ascendant and such a almost indecisive um, birthing of me. <laughs> mm, mm. Yeah, that's interesting you say that because I was three weeks late mm. and I also have Neptune on the Ascendant. So it mm. was just sort of like, when is this going to happen kind of thing. <laughs> I was actually supposed to be a Pisces. So I was supposed to be, yeah, wow. early March, but it was late. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, oh, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Um, Bring me back. <laughs> um, oh, I don't know what we were talking about before birth. I got excited <laughs> about that. <laughs> There's our Neptune ascendant. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't have a lot of things to kind of add to this section of our conversation because my Saturn return starts tomorrow. <laughs> Mm. Is, is the actual exact tomorrow? Are you zero degree? Um, no, no, no. Um, not quite. For Mustafa, actually, my partner, he's zero degrees. It literally starts tomorrow. Um, mine's a little bit later. I think technically it's actually next year. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think the experience of it is, is kind of starting as Saturn moves into Pisces. But I wanted to really – you've got a perspective that goes beyond – where I've been. And so I really wanted to make the space for that. And I guess I don't know whether it's relevant to ask about a lot of your own invitations or understandings or journeys of maturation that came through your Saturn return, or if there are some that feel applicable to the whole general experience of a Saturn return. Um. You know, because I'm at my Saturn square now, so I'm at like the next graduation. So you can pretty much look at seven-year cycles to hit your turning points with Saturn. Um, and I will say, because I had like my Saturn return rocked me pretty hard. Mm -hmm. Typically speaking, um, from what I hear, is that usually one of them is really difficult and the other one's a little bit easier. Um, not to say that it's nothing, but I think, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm just thinking about Mustafa's chart and 
it being tomorrow because, you know, it's interesting that Saturn is ingressing into Pisces with the full moon in Virgo, the opposite Mm. of Pisces. So, um, you know, that's going to bring in a real bang and a punch into like the explosion of, of the intensity of, of his own Mm. Saturn return or anybody else who's also at zero degrees. Um, and you know, hmm. I think that from what I've seen with working with different people, um, it really depends on your relationship to Saturn. You know, it's like if you, and I would, I would dare to imagine that for most, like for the people who have Saturn in Pisces and who are about to go through their Saturn return period, it's like, this is an energy, like what we've kind of talked about in regards to Saturn in Pisces today, like that's an energy that they're living their whole lives with. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, a a birth chart lasts a whole lifetime where the rest of us are going to have a two and a half year study in this topic. And so um, this is something that, you know, I would, stability is like kind of not necessarily in the nature of Saturn and Pisces. And so there's a lot of growth, I think, that will be coming for those who are going through their Saturn return in Pisces Um, and realizing that, like, amping up spiritual practice. And when I say spiritual practice, it doesn't have to mean meditation and prayer and mala beads or rosary beads or like any of that kind of stuff. It doesn't have to be religious by any means. It can be, you know, music and dancing Mm -hmm. or, you know, fishing or Mm -hmm. bird watching or forest bathing, like whatever allows you to come into relationship with what's beyond the confinements of the earth plane, mm-hmm. even if the earth is part of that, you know, because yeah. I think it's both. It's, I think it's back and forth. It's it's yeah. being able to say there's more than just the physical world, and to be able to say that the physical world is fear filled with mm-hmm. spirit. Yeah, you know, it's both and. It's like yeah. seeing this tree is seeing God. Yeah, and. It's that is not the limitation of God mm. all at the same time, you know. So being able to bring back holism, you know, into our life to see the interconnectivity of all things and to really learn how to really work with that. I think, you know, this is a beautiful time to surrender to those creative desires that are in you that are wanting to come through and to really figure out what discipline means for you and how to incorporate that in your life so that you can access more depth in living. 
And for it to be that kind of question of like, what kinds of structures build nourishment in my life? What kind of structures and consistency would would allow me to grow and deepen? What parts of myself do I need to forgive and dissolve so that they don't come into my next phase of life? You know, there's a challenge in building when it comes to Saturn in Pisces because it wants to dissolve. It's like building on quicksand. Mm-hmm. But maybe we need to build in the ephemeral world. Maybe we mm-hmm. need to build in the non-physical world. And it's about building in those structures. Does that mean something online? Like potentially, like it could be something in that realm. That's a little bit more Saturn in Aquarius though. Um, but it's, it's more about being able to work with spirit to help you build Mm -hmm. and to trust in their guidance for informing you about what's the next step. You might not be given the whole process at once, but you might get the next step of what to do and then do that. Trust that that's enough, that you know enough to do that. And then when that's complete, wait for the answer and what's next after that, you know, and to not try and fill in the blank, but to allow it to arise in its own timing. So I think, you know, in a certain sense, especially for those who are going through their first Saturn return in Saturn and Pisces, you know, this is the first time that for you, Saturn's going into your third house. So Mm -hmm. this is going to open up structures around communication, friendship, putting yourself out there, you know, building spiritual community of friends, like, but really, and doing it at regular intervals. And, you know, Saturn helps us get past what we want to do because we never want to do something that feels uncomfortable, like whatever (laughs) uncomfortable means for you, you know, like Mm -hmm. the exact same thing is joy to somebody else. So it's like, but whatever is uncomfortable for you, you never want to do. However, we can also see the validity of doing it and why it would be beneficial to our lives if we did do it. So Mm -hmm. it's like, if I can hold both of those things and say, you know, this makes me really uncomfortable. I don't really want to do it, but I understand why it would be helpful for me. So how can I build a structure that supports that to occur regularly in my life so I can get past that discomfort and I can trust that there is more to me than whatever my first experience is with that thing that I'm uncomfortable with, you know, like to have the humility to realize that like, even if that makes me really uncomfortable now, that once I practice, once I am, you know, bringing in my determination and my consistency in doing it, I will not feel uncomfortable eventually. Mm. And then it'll be potentially one of my greatest joys in my life, you know, yeah. but you have to um, trust that there's more joy available to you than you've experienced yet. Yeah. And then for people who are in their second Saturn return in their late 50s, this is the second time around that you're getting to have that connection. So the last time that Saturn was in Pisces, it was 1993 to 1996. So you can think back to that period of time, what was going on, what was dissolving in your life then, what were you letting go of? Um, And 
also what were you building more in the spiritual lens of your life or the non-physical or the art in your life, the creative part of yourself? And, you know, what is asking for a renaissance? You know, what is asking to be taken to the next layer of that experience? And, um, and we also do something kind of interesting with Saturn returns in that, you know, in the first 30 years of your life, you think you're one person, (laughs) Uh, you you have an idea of who you are. Mm -hmm. And then after, like when you get into that separating part of life, that's where you're at the very new beginning. So you can, you know, for Girl and Her Moon members, who have been working with moon cycles. Those cycles of the moon are the same with other planets. That's really just the cyclical nature of the process of development. So, you know, as I was saying, the balsamic phase is the closing part of the cycle. And then you have the new phase of the cycle, which is like the new moon. So, you know, new moons can also be hard. That's why when you're just at the beginning of that part of the cycle, it's, it can still feel challenging and in the Saturn return window, because when we're in that new phase, we're fully in the darkness. Mm. And we don't know what's coming and we're sitting with trust and faith and we're having to fill the void with our desires and we're working with our courage to courageously express those desires so that they can be fulfilled. And, you know, we've got um, Jupiter and Aries right now. So it's like in this very beginning part of Saturn coming into Pisces, we have that courage coming to support us for a couple of months to fill that Mm -hmm. void with our instinctual desire and to be able to trust in our ability to know what it is that I want and that I am. And, you know, and to allow the parts of yourself to dissolve so that it can be filled with this new part of yourself that wants to arrive. And then Mm -hmm. it's like we can really, um, have the humility, especially when we're at that second Saturn return to um, have this tertiary experience of ourselves. Because that first 30 years, we think we're one thing and we hit the Saturn return and we flip and we become the opposite of Mm -hmm. what we thought we were. And so basically we're learning the other side of our polarity. And then when we get to the second Saturn return period, we flip into the third space that was neither the first or the second. And so you're getting this, like, you're getting like a facet to yourself almost. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, it can also be very difficult. um, But it's like the difficulty really comes with resistance. Yeah. Yeah. As all things really do. (laughs) You know, it's like part of the fear, because a lot of fears can come up in Pisces too. And a lot of the fear is about being engulfed by what is unseen, what is unknown, you know, feeling nervous about trusting all of that. Mm-hmm. So we can really, like a lot of our fear body can really come up and, you know, collectively this can be a time where our fears really manifest too. So that's a little bit of kind of the lower octaves, but something that we need to be willing to contend with because part of the blessing of, manifestation of the physical world is that we see the unseen 
That's the only difference. You know, now we just see the unseen. And so if we have those different demons inside of us, those different fears and terrors that hold us back, that that are really actually our abusers, that are really the ones containing us, when they manifest and we see them in the world, then you're like, that's not true. That's not right. I'm not scared of you. Like you need to leave. Like it's, it it feels different than when it's the internal bully. Mm. And so it's like, we can call it what it is and we can dismiss it, you know, much easier, I think in a certain way, because it's like in its realness, we can um, remove its power. And that's also something very interesting to think about too in this next three years is that there is a disillusion of the status quo that is going on. So those who have been in power will likely be experiencing that quicksand and losing their power in the way that they knew it to be. But of course, inside of that is the grasping trying to hold on. So Mm. things can get pretty gnarly. Like I anticipate the next three years to, um, as you were mentioning, you know, it's like, it was very clear what was going on. Like when Saturn moved into Aquarius, we immediately got into COVID and we saw the restrictions and the surveillance and all of the stuff that was happening. When an outer planet moves signs in that time period of when it moves, a lot tends to show up. Um, so in this month, having two outer planets that are moving means that March is going to be filled with all kinds of things that we kind of just have no idea what that means. Like we're, you know, (laughs) the Aquarius is sudden, unexpected, and the Pisces is the unseen and the mystery. So having them in this sort of combination for the next couple of years, like not to create paranoia, because that's not really helpful, although certainly a lower octave of Pisces, it, but it's like, being able to be aware that we aren't seeing the full picture mm-hmm. and to be able to just hold that simultaneously as while you are you know taking actions in integrity and the more that you can stay on tune with your soul and your highest self those who are building humbly and with integrity will start to rise into the leadership as the old leadership falls. So, you know, there's a real shifting of power at this time. And, um, you know, that can, that gives us all the opportunity, especially if you felt like the underdog in this last period to be able to rise up and to start taking your place amongst, um, you know, coming into a state of power that you might not have experienced prior to now. So keep having that trait, that trust and faith in yourself to keep showing up in that integrity and to see how that carries you through and, and up um, through this time period. And, and because we're all going to be in a deeper level of sensitivity, understand that in order to manage that sensitivity, that's really the reason that we're suggesting to come into greater consistency with spiritual practice and tuning into yourself because there will be these echo chambers that can be very difficult to get out of. And if you can have a place of silence amongst the trees or, you know, in a natural setting, 
then you have the ability to get out of the collective fear mental Mm -hmm. loop that might be in the background and to tune into the higher octaves that are also available to you. And doing Mm -hmm. that consistency is going to allow you to manage the difficulty of the turmoil and chaos that may be happening outside and around all of us. So, Mm -hmm. you know, because Pisces Virgo axis is also chaos you know, it's, it's, it's a crisis point, but it's about transmutation. So we get to alchemize and, and transmute the energies that have been. And so, you know, a lot of people are certainly looking for relief, um, from the last several years. And I would say that the next three year period is going to be the hardest of the decade. Um, and we're really leading up to 2026. Um, that's going to be, you know, we've had a lot happen so far in this decade, but 2026 is really the pinnacle. So mm-hmm. we haven't seen anything quite yet. And, <laughs> and um, so, you know, work with your practices to help guide you and to stay sane throughout the next couple of years. And, and again, not to be fearful, but, <clears throat> you know, whatever we focus on will expand. So, focus your energy on enlightenment, on surrender, on divine will, on trusting yourself, on coming in deeper connection with all of the support at every holistic level that's available to you. And you will be able to be the surfer riding the wave in this crazy tsunami. I was just thinking, um, you know, you mentioned that Saturn in Pisces, the people that are beginning there or having their Saturn return over the next few years, this is the energy that is in our charts. This is the energy that we're experiencing and living out every day. Do those, and this is for every transit, people that have the natal um, placements that we're talking about experience these transits in a different way to those who do not have those placements? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, um, you know, if, if you have it natally, then you're going to have a conjunction that happens when it's in transit. So Mm. it's considered a hard aspect. Um, the, the hard aspects can feel hard, you know, like they're, they're more intense. So, um, Oh, that reminds me too of what you were saying about the planets on the ascendant and birthing from the ascendant. I think that's what I was going to say earlier. (laughs) Came back (laughs) to me. Um, But we birth through the ascendant. So the Mm -hmm. planets that are around the ascendant matter. And especially if you have a lot in your 12th house, um, that's we we birth from the 12th house through the ascendant. That's the ecliptic portal that we come through and we separate and individuate individuate into Aries in the first house. So, you know, that's also why spring equinox is such an important time period and where the veil opens and a thinning of souls um, to come through because uh, particularly spring equinox, um, because that's the beginning of, of the whole journey and the end. That's why Pisces is the beginning and the end. So um, it's all. And, um, you know, we just, we will, if we have, 
a natal placement of a transit that's going on, we'll be starting a new cycle with it. So yeah, we will feel it stronger. And also, um, depending, it can also feel less foreign to you and easier because mm. it's something that you're you're used to, but it just kind of depends on what the exact placement is and then how it's aspected in your chart as to like what your relationship with it is. It's like not quite like a easy general question. It would, it would feel different for everybody. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. No, I was just thinking in terms of, Oh, I have an echo. I was just thinking in terms of um, those that are experiencing their Saturn return. There's the element of the return taking place and the element of like, Almost for me, I was thinking returning to these familiar grounds. Like I know this, I know this um, world that we're speaking of when we're talking about this transit because I live it. And so Mm -hmm. I was just thinking maybe my experience of it would be different to someone who isn't living it. I think so. You know, like that's an interesting thing to kind of ponder. Um, I think in a certain sense, it's like, because you're living it all the time and then sort of the collective is coming in and having a momentary experience with it. Like Mm. in a certain way, you know it intimately and it's like, welcome to my world (laughs) kind of thing. (laughs) Um, Now, you know, and in a certain way it can build empathy too, because especially if like the Saturn and Pisces period feels difficult and then you know, your sibling or something has that. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, now I kind of understand what you work with all the time. Um, So I do think that there is that to it. And, um, and then also kind of, it, it depends. Cause like, let's say, I mean, maybe this isn't worth saying, but it's like, you know, if you have like late degrees in Pisces, let's say 29 degrees, the last degree, it's like, yeah, you have Saturn in Pisces, but by the time you were like a couple weeks old, it was out of of that. And so it can feel just as foreign to you as it does anyone else, because until you have that first Saturn return, Saturn hasn't gone through Pisces in your life, mm-hmm. even though you have that placement. So I think that it's, it's a little bit of uh, both and, and, um, and that kind of goes for placements all around. Although, I don't know. I, th- I think that would be a great question to like ask a lot of people and to see how, how they respond to it. Cause I mm. mean, that's a great question. Yeah. Mm. I'm not sure. I know that there's more here for certain returns was, do you have anything else you'd like to share for those people that will be experiencing their certain returns that do have certain in Pisces? I feel pretty good about what we've shared so far. I mean, I think we got pretty deep into a lot of things. I mean, I didn't talk a whole lot about like collective Saturn and Pisces stuff as much, but I feel like we, we had a nice conversation Mm -hmm. about all of it. And, you know, if people want to have a one-on-one reading so that they can talk about it specifically for them, you know, that's probably a good way to continue the conversation. Yeah, I think that's a really beautiful time for a reading. It's when you are 
stepping into your, at least, I would say especially your first return, but also another. Yeah, so I would definitely invite that. Yeah, plenty cool. of people too, you know, just simply because astrology was largely not paid attention to, like, I mean, even collectively now, as many people are interested in it, there's way more who still are fully unaware of it. So mm-hmm. for the folks that are like in that second return period, the likelihood that they knew much about astrology in their first Saturn return 30 years ago is pretty small. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that they didn't, but the majority of people didn't. So they might not have really been paying attention at that time. And mm. for different clients that I work with or have worked with at that age, and, and I've asked them about that connection, I've noticed some of them tend to to struggle in thinking about it, you know, like as a, they just weren't aware, I guess is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Like they weren't thinking about their life in that way at that time. Right. So um, the second return can be, that wake up call kind of time period of coming into that maturity and seeing themselves in a more holistic way, especially with Saturn and Pisces in particular is like coming, like deepening in your own spirituality and seeing the world from a more spiritual place. Like I hope that, you know, with Saturn and Pisces that there's a spiritualizing of the general consensus during this period that helps them wake up more deeply to the spirit that lives in all things on Mm -hmm. this planet, you know, and that brings more healing and more peace and more faith and, Mm -hmm. um, and trust in our connection to each other. You know, so many people feel so disconnected. I think that's one of the key words for a lot of people, um, especially in the last 10 or so years as we've increased our technology use. So this is an opportunity to come deeper into connection again and to see the magic in the world and to return to the beauty that is available in every single moment if we can have Mm -hmm. true presence to see it. So, you know, that's my hope and my wish for this and for anyone going through their return that you absolutely have an opportunity to deepen that within yourself even more so than the average person. So know that you might get rocked a little bit harder, but (laughs) you also have the ability to transcend even further too. So, you know, just really stay in your, in your trust in yourself and, and and really ask for support, you know, like this is such an important time to be, working with somebody, you know, to, to get that guidance and support. If, if, you know, we can't do everything on our own, setting up structures might include, you know, some, a time with my therapist, Mm -hmm. a time with my astrologer, a time with my tarot reader, a time with my masseuse, a time Mm -hmm. with whatever, like, because we can't do everything ourselves. We're not meant to, we all are speaking the words of the whole to each Mm -hmm. other, you know? So it's like, get aligned and connected with your support systems so that you can prepare and and get ready to have a profound, like set yourself up for a profound transcendent experience mm-hmm. instead of uh, setting yourself up to escape and to tune out further. You know what I mean? Because yeah. ultimately, regardless, 
you are preparing. Not doing anything is also the preparation for escapism, right? So it just depends on what you want to prepare. Do you want to prepare to escape or do you want to prepare to transform? And so you can set up your day regardless of how much money you have. You know, so many things are completely free. Meditating is free, you know, so um, this is something that's accessible to all people in all circumstances, although I realize that can be much harder depending on what your circumstances are to have Mm -hmm. time for these things. But Mm -hmm. do your best to even just take a walk around the block or whatever it is that can give you a little bit of space and a little bit of a moment to connect with yourself in a safe way so that you can actually courageously ask these questions. That was so great. Thank you so much. We're at two hours. I knew that there was going to be so much to explore throughout all of this. I can only imagine the size. Yeah, I can only imagine the size of your notes, and my morals are huge. So, (laughs) yeah, thank you so much for doing this with me. I really enjoyed it. Me too. Great to see you, Jordan. And I look forward to connecting with you all later. Hello, lovely. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode about Saturn in Pisces and your Saturn return. I'd love to remind you of our upcoming sale beginning on the 20th of March, continuing to the 27th. And if you are going through your Saturn return or you know someone who is, our Saturn return reading is a really beautiful and supportive tool to step into this new chapter of your life or their life. So I invite you to explore our readings our membership, um, the equinox, the solstice. These are really beautiful times for us to be able to open the doors to greater accessibility for our services. And it's a real gift. So if there is something that is calling your name, now is the time. And if you have any questions, feel free to email us or reach out on Instagram and we will chat to you there.